this season for the Gophers can be seen as good, not great. You still want to strive for great as we move forward. But that being said, right now, enjoy it because we got the axe back to back, baby. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here. We're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Rob, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And we got a lot to talk about. So be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube where we're building the community and follow wherever you get your podcasts at Locked On Golden Gophers. Now, today we're talking about that Wisconsin matchup. The Gophers bring the axe home back to back the first time since 1993 and 94. It's been a while, folks. It's been a while, but times, they're a-changing. And it's good to see P.J. Fleck makes his record against the Wisconsin Badgers 3-3 three and three during his time here with the Minnesota Golfers. Also, the series, the all-time series, is now equaled up once again. 62 wins, 62 wins, and 8 ties. It is all tied up. The rivalry is renewed, so it's good to see. Now, key moments. Let's talk about where we went right, where we went wrong. Now, where we went wrong, first of all, was we got away from what was working. They, the Gophers came out extremely aggressive, passing early, passing medium, passing short, passing deep. They're mixing it up as well as including the ground game. Now, the ground game wasn't finding as much success as we are used to seeing with the Minnesota Golden Gophers, but that's because Wisconsin was selling out for it, just like we've seen other teams do, and it was successful but they weren't able to make up for the passing efficiency that we were seeing with the Golden Gophers. Aiden Kaliak-Manis was slinging that thing, okay? And so where we went wrong was after we were completing short passes and getting success on the early downs, all of a sudden we hit the third quarter, we come out in the second half, and we just go away from it. And we have tons of struggles in the third quarter. We don't find very much success we don't move the ball very much we just take a couple deep shots early and then we just try to run and then all of a sudden we're behind the sticks we're third and long and we're giving the ball right back to wisconsin who uses that momentum and puts themselves back into the game ends up taking the lead eventually 16 to 13 now what is nice is we got back to that success we got back to what was working which we haven't necessarily always done so to see the gophers respond that was a good a good thing but where we went wrong was getting away from it in the first place i don't know why we we saw so much success you saw the short passes really getting things going Brevin making huge plays, Dalen Wright making huge plays, Daniel Jackson making plays underneath and being able to run after the catch and create 
more positive yardage. And we went away from that for a minute. And I just didn't understand it. And it's something that hopefully we see incorporated more and more in the bowl game, but also moving into next year to continue to have success in the passing game. Now, the second part of what went wrong was Nick Herbig, straight up. Nick Herbig created so much pressure, created so much tension and frustration for the offensive line, especially coming back in that third quarter that he did. He literally did change the game for a moment and gave Wisconsin the momentum to get back into the game. It's it's that simple. And it's hard to stop an All-American like that. Now, the Gophers did enough. They did enough to get the win, but there were moments where it was concerning and the Gophers made it harder on themselves, taking away what was being successful. Like we just said with that first point. So definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward, but much respect to Nick Herbig, much respect to how talented that man is. And it will be interesting to see how he proceeds moving forward. Now, the last combination of things of where we went wrong was communication errors all over in the beginning of the fourth quarter it looked like the offense didn't necessarily fully know what what was going on what the call was and it was coming down to the wire and the play clock pj fleck looked like he was pretty upset on the sidelines when it came to uh, a certain call was made and then uh they're getting ready to run it and then you see him kind of like frantic on the sidelines and the players look over there and they change the play at the last second and it just looked very frantic that's a great word for it so the communication was a little sloppy in the fourth quarter especially at the beginning for the offense but they seemed to clean it up as they went on now coaching in general it just seems like they're making the game way too hard on themselves at moments Now, that's not saying that this coaching staff isn't doing well because there are a lot of moments and a lot of success on this season that were great. But there are moments where it seems like they're just overthinking it to the point where the conservativeness of sometimes our playing calling or the just, you know what, let's just not make a mistake here. Like there are just so many moments throughout the season and even in this game where it seemed like they were just making it too hard on themselves. When the team has success with something and in a game, in that specific game, and the success is working, why move away from something? Make that team prove they can stop it. Yes, mix it up, take shots. You don't have to be just solely stuck in one part of the game, but definitely like, Keep doing what's working. That's kind of the message of this show. Now, overall, let's talk about where we went right. Because first off, the passing game. We got it moving. Ethan Kelly McManus over 300 yards passing, slinging that thing, dropping dimes. The receivers showing flashes of, oh, that's what we have waiting Why hasn't this been happening all year? Why haven't we been able to channel this in other games? You put this in the Iowa game, we walk out with a dub. You put this type of efficiency in the Purdue game, 
in the Illinois game, these are games we can walk away with wins, and that's what makes it slightly disappointing on the season. I get it. I get it, folks. I get it, fans. You're disappointed there's no Big Ten West for the Gophers with this roster. I am too. But that being said, it still is a successful season, and eight and four, looking to go nine and four back to back seasons with nine and nine, that's still all good. So I appreciate the season. The season was good. Got to go out there and get the bowl game. But we have to keep striving for great. Keep striving for getting wins in the Iowa series, getting bowl game wins, getting more success and consistency in building. Now, the schedule looks tough next season, but that doesn't mean the Gophers are out of it. That doesn't mean, oh, they'll struggle for six wins. No. There was only one game this season that was literally out of our hands for the most part, and that's the Penn State game. Outside of that, any game was winnable. Now you have Ohio State and Michigan next season. Hopefully you can steal one of those. That would be big time. I see people freaking out about North Carolina. North Carolina has lost its fair share of games this season and had some close wins over some opponents they probably shouldn't have been very close with so don't count the gophers out of that one but the best is yet to come this might be the best quarterback that talent wise this gophers team has seen and the future is bright so we learned a lot in this game it was absolutely great to see and where do we go next well we're gonna talk about all the changes in the Big Ten. That's what's coming up next. But first, we got to talk to our friends over at Upside. This episode is brought to you by Upside. Why not use an app that can get you money back in your pocket for the things that you are already doing? I use Upside when I go to the gas station and when I get groceries because those are things I have to do no matter what. And I get cash back on them. All you have to do is download the free Upside app today and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. You just claim the offer on Upside for whatever you're buying. Then you check in at the business and you pay as usual on your card and you get paid. It's that simple. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week and that is probably why they're averaging a 4.8 rating on the App Store. Download the free app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 back or more on cash back for your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCK. And while we're at it, we have to talk about LinkedIn Jobs, the place to be when it when it comes to posting about your job opening, LinkedIn Jobs, LinkedIn, people check there for jobs all the time. It is, in fact, a growing source of where people go to when they're looking for a new job. So why wouldn't you put your new free post, free job post on LinkedIn Jobs? So you can post about your job for free, about your small business to make the best hire as you enter into the new year 2023 it's simple it's easy it's a free job post all you have to do is go to linkedin.com slash locked on college again that's linkedin.com slash locked on college and 
you can post about your job for free to a major and huge network out there. LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Post about your job for free. All right, Gophers fans, thank you for making Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers daily sports. Now, we are talking about what to look forward to and what is changing in this Big Ten landscape, and it is a lot. It is a lot. Now, we'll talk more details as we move throughout the offseason as well, but we got to talk about the coaching hires. We got to talk about what is happening with the transfer portal and what to know about it as we move forward. Now, the first things first, those coaching hires. Nebraska hires Matt Rule. I think that this is a good hire. It's a good hire overall. Good. I said good, not great on Twitter. I got some negative feedback. I got some positive feedback. I think it's good, not great, because Matt Rule has shown success. He has shown success. That makes it good. He's shown to get teams that have had struggles getting to the top, getting to the top. He's had Temple with two 10-win seasons, and then he's had Baylor with an 11-win season, its highest win total at the time. And, you know, it was it was nice. It was good. It was really good, and he did well. It helped get him a job to the NFL. Now, all of that being said, Temple, after he had those back-to-back seasons, he was out. Peace out. I'm gone. Baylor, here I come. He has the three seasons at Baylor. He has a very bad year, a mediocre year, and then he has his 11-win year. And then he's gone. Peace out. Well, Nebraska has gotten to the point where, yes, they have a historic past where they had so much success, but... They're getting to the point where they need something to rebuild the foundations and have a long-term outlook on someone who can bring long-term success there. If Matt Rule comes in and he has a bad year, has a mediocre year, has a good year, and pieces out to the SEC, was it worth it? Is it great for you then? Because, yes, maybe it'll give you another chance to bring in a big-time hire, but that doesn't give you stability. It doesn't give you something that is guaranteed to keep you in that high level of success. In fact, it doesn't even guarantee you that you're going to have the high level of success with him. So if he doesn't do well enough and doesn't bring it in, it's a fine hire, but not great. If he does very well and he pieces out and you're back looking for your next coach, is it great? That's why I think overall the hire is good, but I just can't get there as far as excellent, fantastic, terrific, whatever all these people are saying. I get it. It's good. But we'll see how, if it can become great. Now, flipping to the other coaching hire in the Big Ten Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. Now, this one, I'll say it's great. I'll And I hate, I hate that I have to say it's great. Now, I think that they might have burned some bridges along the way, and maybe that can catch up with him. But overall, the hire's great. You have a proven coach who has built a foundation. The difference between... What we're seeing with Matt Rule or what I was saying with Matt Rule and Fickle is that Luke Fickle took the Cincinnati program, which was fine, wasn't anything to brag about. Not only did he turn it into something 
to brag about. He brought it as the only non-Power 5 school to get a college playoff berth. He turned out nine players drafted in one draft on top of multiple consistency of players going to the draft. He was consistently ranked year after year after year, even with a roster that maybe not everybody knows the players outside of that huge draft year. Even this year, even through some struggles, remained in the rankings and competitive almost all year. The recruiting classes he's bringing in are some top recruiting classes to Cincinnati. And now you're putting him into a power five program into the big 10, one of the better or best two conferences in college football on a program that has historic success on a program that's been to Rose balls. And you don't think that kids are going to notice that and get excited about that. I mean, the kids that he was getting at Cincinnati might shift their way over to Wisconsin. It's big. It's a, it's a great hire. It's a fantastic hire. Now they might have pissed off some current players on the team. It looks like some current players are liking things that kind of stand with Jim Leonard that kind of say like, if the Badgers don't hire Jim Leonard, they're foolish and all these things. And they didn't hire him as the head coach. And it'll be interesting to see if that causes a lot of decommitments on their current class if that causes a lot of transfers with their current players so maybe year one could be tough maybe not maybe Luke Fickle's able to bring over a lot of guys to help install his system from transfers maybe he's able to get his commitments from that Cincinnati class over so that way the process isn't completely from scratch. And the one player that will be key on watching what he does is quarterback Brady Dragos, who committed to Cincinnati four-star kid, could flip to Wisconsin. We'll see what happens there. There's so much up in the air, but I do believe in the end, it was a great hire. It was a great hire because he is he's looking for a job that he can be at and stay at. I think the only school that maybe tempts him to ever go away from Wisconsin, which he has chosen as that hire. He said he wanted to stay in Cincinnati, but he wasn't sure. He said if he ever makes the move, it's going to be for something he wants to be at and build at. And he left for Wisconsin. The only thing I can see pulling him away ever would be if the Ohio State job becomes available. And that's up for grab. I mean, that's up for... Who knows if it ever will be. Ryan Day has found a lot of success. He's gotten to the college national championship. That being said, he's lost two games to Michigan the past two years. So I don't know where he stands. I don't know if that'll be open anytime soon in the near future. Who knows? But that's the only job I could see really pulling him away at any point. So I think it's a great hire. Now, other things to know as the landscape is changing is about the transfer portal. The transfer portal window number one opens up December 5th, and it goes until January 18th. What does that mean? The window opens up. Well, you don't have to commit to a new school by that point, but you have to be in the transfer portal by that January 18th date. So from December 5th to January 18th, players are allowed to officially declare for the portal. You might be thinking, well, people are declaring right now. I've seen it on Twitter. What are you talking about? Well, there are some 
exceptions to the rule. If your coach is fired during the year, you can enter earlier. If you're in the FCS, you can enter earlier. If you're a grad transfer or whatnot, you can enter earlier. But otherwise, December 5th is really where it's going to be haywire. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be madness. You might see a lot of changes coming. So December 5th, January 18th is window number one. Now there is another window in May for two weeks in May. And again, you don't have to commit to a school in that time. A kid could transfer or enter the portal in December, January, and they could not commit until May if they really wanted to. It would put them behind the eight ball and you run into, you have to be enrolled and successfully into the school by the end of that May window. But it, it could happen. Now, I don't think it will. I think you'll see a lot of people make those commitments within that first window. And then you'll have some that make it in that second window after the spring camps. But that's what we're looking at for the transfer portal. I hope it helps at least describe what you're looking for. Now, there is a ton of movement expected this year. So we'll be keeping an eye on the transfers away, the transfers who come in, the recruits who are still committing. We'll talk about decommits from anything going on from the mainly from our program from the Gophers but also maybe from some of these college programs that have these big coaching changes we'll keep an eye on what is going on so be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube because we're going to be talking about this every week just because football is done doesn't mean we're not going to talk football now we're also going to talk basketball we're going to talk hockey a little bit each week but we're still going to be talking football at least probably two days a week basketball two days a week and then maybe one hockey day now if more news breaks then we'll lean that way whether it's basketball whether it's football etc but be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that good information now when it comes to the transfer portal the gophers already have gauge keys who officially said he will be entering the transfer portal and Jalen Glaze is no longer on the website listed on the roster, and he wasn't with the team at the Wisconsin game. So one can possibly assume he might be leaving the program as well. We'll keep an eye on if there's any other Gophers in which that will be happening. Now to wrap this thing up, we're going to talk about potential bowl games to be on the lookout for. And then we'll dive into that as we learn more as well. But let's wrap this thing up with potential bowl games to look for. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Nissan. Nissan has partnered with the Locked On College Network to bring you thrilling moments in which we talk about the best moments from the last game for the Golden Gophers or moments from the time throughout the Gophers program that are just amazing. And this week's thrilling moment that we have to talk about from the game with the Badgers was when Ethan Kaliakmanis dropped a fantastic, beautiful dime down the right sideline to Daniel Jackson, who made an amazing catch over the shoulder, got one foot down. It was like a 40-yard, 42-yard pass, put the Gophers in scoring range, and it was a beauty. If you didn't see it, you need to go on Twitter, YouTube, whatever. And make sure you see that play because it might have been the play of the year for the Gophers. And that is our Nissan thrilling moment. You can't you can't miss out on all the action. The segment has been inspired by the new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles, including the new Frontier, Pathfinder, and Armada today. I have the new Frontier right now, and I absolutely love it. So definitely 
check it out. They're all available at nissanusa.com. All right, so we're going to we're going to stay quick on this. We're going to stay short, but we're going to talk about who potential bowl game opponents, not opponents, maybe opponents could be coming up, but what bowl games do we have to maybe keep an eye out for? Now, the hopes, in my opinion, are you want to land in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl or you want to land in the Gator Bowl. If you land in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, you're playing an ACC opponent this year. If you land in the Gator Bowl, you're playing an SEC opponent this year. You could also maybe land in the ReliaQuest Bowl, which was formerly the Outback Bowl, I believe. And in that game, you would also play an SEC opponent this year. But I do believe the Gophers have avoided the Quick Lane Bowl now. It's not 100% they've avoided it. There could be some weird, random, if something goes wrong, they end up there. But I don't think it's an option. I think Wisconsin would land there before the Gophers would. So I think we're pretty clear on that one. So it comes down to maybe those three bowls, maybe some others like the Pinstripe Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl, all to keep an eye on. But I do think overall it'll come down to those three. And what, who would you rather play? Would you rather play an SEC opponent or an ACC opponent? I talked about this with Tristan on the show a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I personally would love to see an ACC matchup against Florida State, against North Carolina, against North Carolina State, teams that have been consistently in the rankings all year. They might not have finished ranked, but they were up there. They had really good success, and it would be a good test and a good challenge for the Gophers. But then that being said, you would love to see an SEC opponent as well, like an Ole Miss, like a Kentucky, like a South Carolina, teams that got hot and, again, didn't finish the strongest, ended up with three or four losses, just like the Gophers, maybe expected more. But, you know, That conference down south, people are just obsessed with. They talk about how it's the most elite, but then continually in the bowl games, the Big Ten just seems to find a lot of success. People like to give the Big Ten a lot of crap about, oh, well, there's just no offenses in the Big Ten, so that's why the defenses look so good in scoring defense. But then we get to these bowl games, and the Big Ten usually puts on a show. So I'd love to be able to kind of do that once again. Hopefully the Gophers can take on an SEC opponent and prove the Big Ten is a legitimate top dog conference. And it would be great to see how our team stacks up against a Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss or a Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Those would be great opponents to see where we stand, where this roster stands, but namely where this defense stands. Because those are high-powered offense that are just tossing the rock. They're putting up tons of points. South Carolina put up 60 points on Tennessee and they put up a heck of a a lot of points against Clemson, took them both down with Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Who's just been balling lately. It would be great to see where this defense stacks up against that type of quarterback or same with Ole Miss who continuously throws that ball with Lane Kiffin at the helm. Jackson Dart has looked pretty good this season. But their running back, Quinchon Judkins, it would be cool to see a matchup with him and Mo. Now, it's not guaranteed that Mo plays in the bowl game. It'll be interesting, and that'll be something to keep an eye on. Does he play in the bowl game and officially break the records for yards in school history? Or does he kind of not play, prepare for the NFL? And I wouldn't blame him. He's done so much for this program that either way will support him. 
but it will be interesting to keep an eye on what players do play in the bowl game and what players decide to prep for the pros. On top of that, where do we land and who do we play? We'll dive into all of that as we move forward with the show and as we learn more information. But that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Golden Gophers. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. I can't stress that enough. We are building this thing. And during the season next year in the football season, we will be going live after the games and really building the community, talking about what's going on, live chat going on. So I'm excited to build something with you, the Gophers fans. I'll probably try to get that started here with the basketball season once we hit into that January year. So hit subscribe, join the community. Let's build this thing. That's going to do it. This is Kane Rob signing off. Have a good one. Row the boat. Sky Yuma. Go Gophers. Tomorrow we talk about the cruise.